Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We need to get continue to grow as a team. Passing game being one area, just one area, but continue to grow as a team and, and improve. And I think that's the, that's the goal every week. And certainly there's areas we need to, you know, obviously spotlight and put our focus on and in, and, that, and that's one of them. Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott there. He's been one of the issues we, we, we've had all week. Stephon Diggs, what is going on? I heard John Scott on earlier today as well with Jeremy, or with, uh, excuse me, with Joe and Sal as well. Just like it has become, Josh, the topic of just like no one really has a good answer why. We're not really getting a ton of information of what's going on. I agree with John, though. I don't, I don't think Steph has lost a step. I, I really don't. But, I mean, I, I, I took a tweet yesterday as well from a listener who maybe he's got, like, just something up with his back. I yeah. was somebody in my athletic career. I swam in college, but I did deal with some back issues. Mm-hmm. It's something you can deal with. It does make your life harder. And so I, I do wonder if it's something like that. I don't want to necessarily say it's like a slip disc, but just something he can't really work on the season. Right. I, yeah, I like do you, wonder. You, you, I do wonder. You, that kind of thing, you need more time to just kind of relax mm-hmm. and just let it let it go away on its own. and. I remember one of my buddies had something happen to him where he was at the gym and he lifted something weird and his back was just messed up. And I'm like, well, how do you fix it? He's like, you don't. You just wait and see if it fixes itself. Yep. So, But when you're an NFL player, you have six days to get to 100%. I mean, it's kind of one of those things. It's like whatever 100% is by week 12 of the NFL season. Exactly. So Can you walk? Straight, fantastic. But then again, we don't know. We uh, we don't know that that's the problem. No, I but mean that, at that, this that's, point we're just grasping at straws because no one no seems one to knows. know what the problem is. Yeah, and like, that's my mm-hmm. thing. Is yeah, you're right. We're grasping at straws. I mean, this is you know listeners you know what diligently pointing out like he was on the injury report. It's all just around elab- around the Denver game. So it's like, all just an elaborate ruse. He's he's actually fine. And I know. We're just saving something for the playoffs. I I, I, I <laughs> I'm not even saying playoffs. Like I feel like this is going to be the talking point all week. And then all of a sudden, this game yep. against the Dolphins, yep. he's going to have 12 catches, 167 yards, and like two touchdowns. And you're going to be like, "I think he's fine, guys. I think he's. Yeah. I think there I think we're is. okay." And but like, but I also I don't want to be somebody that's sitting here. Just I don't want to say it's with fool's hope. Don't get me wrong, but just I don't want that to be the excuse of like I'm just expecting it to get better. I don't know. Their passing game has looked off all year. Outside of a few spot moments here and there, because Josh Allen's elite, Stephon Diggs was phenomenal to start this early part of the year. That's a big reason why he has 100 receptions and over 1,000 yards and was getting close to being able to break his touchdown receptions 
personal record in a season just hasn't happened though. I mean, I mean, really, since the bye, it's been pretty rough. Oh yeah, go for for Diggs and his stats. He has just not really been very good at all. Again, in terms of the stats, but we go back here. I'm just going to pull up his stats for this year, and we're getting close to. I mean, we're having more conversations about 50 yard games than 100 yard games, Josh, and like that's. To me, that's where it gets concerning. I mean, you look now, his last 100-yard game, not even over 100 yards, his last 100-yard game was against the New York Giants back on, that would have been November 15th, that's week six. His last 50-yard game is against the Eagles in week 12. He had 74 yards. He had six catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown. These last four weeks, four catches, 24 yards against Kansas City, Dallas, Yes, I know they ran the ball a lot, but this is the Stephon Diggs point. Four catches, 48 yards. Then the Chargers, again, they were struggling mightily on offense. Five catches, 29 yards. And then this past week, four catches, 26 yards. If I could And inter- no touchdowns in those four weeks either. If, if I could interject for just a moment, mm-hmm. Noah Oslin just scored a beautiful breakaway goal. Is Sweden now up? I believe this would be 4-2, four four two. Two, right? Yes. Yep. He just deked the goalie out of his skates. Man, we are going to talk about the Sabres in a little bit. Yeah. I, 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 just, do, I, I do want to jump on It on happened, them. and I was like, man, that was great. Like, just, <laughs> that was such I, a good move. I just, I'm at a point with the Sabres, man. I, I'll bring this up real quick. I want to care so much that Noah Austin <laughs> yeah. looks really good in the World Juniors. I want to care so much that Yuri Kulik looks amazing again. I have a solution for you, but I'll save it. Can we? Can can they get to Buffalo and also look great and also win games? They have won back-to-back games once this year. One time. Yeah. Come on. Back to the Bills, though, real quick. Actually, did you have a point there you wanted to bring up? Oh, no, no, no. I'll, I'll save it. Back it, to the Bills, though. It's a philosophy. It's a mindset. Okay. okay. <laughs> that's That's dangerous for me. <laughs> back to the Bills, though. So I, I brought up that 74-yard game against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. The two weeks prior, though, Josh, Denver in Week 10, three catches, 34 yards. And then against the Jets, four catches, 27 yards. This, this has been a big problem for quite a while now. Well, that's also why I don't think that the Bills can really ignore the wide receiver position this offseason. Yeah. Whether it's draft, free agency, or both, you've got to draft somebody in the first round. Like, there's no doubt about it you have to draft a wide receiver i think, in the I think first as round. well because number one this draft class is very very deep yeah at, at multiple yep. positions and that's that's good too because the bills have been known to get players later in the draft they, they're gonna have 10 is, they're gonna have 10 picks this draft yeah which is great because if you can hit your slam dunks in the first two rounds on offense go go nuts when you draft defense later in the in the, in the draft because just, if you want yeah. if you want just you know Take two wide receivers in the first two rounds and then take defense for a few picks and then mm-hmm. go back to offense. Like, find a nice, happy medium. Not this, well, half the draft is. We're, we're going to dominate one side of the ball. Right. We're going to dominate the other side. Because, I mean, even this, even this past draft class, oh, it's 5 2 uh, Sweden, by the way. Wow. But in this past draft class, it was very much dominated by offense, especially yep. in the first two rounds Dalton Kincaid, Osiris Torrance. Both, I think, have been hits. But even with Dalton Kincaid, though, Josh. Yeah. Dawson Knox gets healthy, and seemingly the emergence of Kincaid has fallen off a cliff. He's a guy that's not even being targeted, and and yes, I know he dealt with a thumb injury, so I mean that's got to be that's got to be brought up here. But he went from somebody that you were just like, okay, here he comes, like this this is the Kincaid they want to get, and this is a guy that's also has broken records for the Bills. But he had a run here after being inactive in Week Six, Week Seven, 
against New England in a loss, don't get me wrong, but there, eight catches, 75 yards. Then against Tampa, five catches, 65 yards and a touchdown. Cincinnati, 10 catches, 81 yards. Denver, five catches, 51 yards and a touchdown. Jets, six for 46. Philadelphia, 538. Kansas City, 521. And you could just see the gradual decline. Dallas, he just has two targets, no catches. Chargers, two targets, one catch for seven yards. And then this last week, mainly because of the big shot down the field for 51 yards, he gets four catches for 87 yards. Yeah, you take that away, and it's it's like a 30-ish yard game. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's looking like the average. But the one thing that you – the one thing that we haven't brought up for either of these players, Kincaid or Diggs, is the change in offensive coordinator. With, mm-hmm. Diggs, with, with Diggs, we did see the drop-off sooner than, you know, Ken Dorsey gets fired. And yeah, then, sooner than boom, the Denver game. Like, yep. There was a drop-off for Diggs before that. But – I think it's not, but it, but it, it wasn't that aggressive. I mean, no, but but it's also it's it's you can't overlook the fact that it's a new OC. He's only had the team for a few weeks, and it's not maybe not exactly exact how he wants the roster to be built because Ken Dorsey had a year and a half to build this roster the way he wanted it to, and it didn't work out for him. And you know he's gone now, but this is Ken Dorsey adapting to what he has available and trying to make the best team out of it. And in the Dallas game, that was the run game. In the Chiefs game, it was go beat the Chiefs. It was, like, it was do anything you can right. to beat the Chiefs. Like, you, can look at, you can look at all these different games and you can say, well, they did this in this game. Why didn't they do it the next one? It's like, well, because it's a different opponent for one. And for two, you have an offensive coordinator who's coming in 12 weeks into the season. Mm-hmm. Or not 12 weeks, but you know what I mean. And Well, his first game was the Jets. That was 11 weeks. Oh, you're right. Oh, that, was, okay. that was week 11. Yeah, so... Yeah, so eleven weeks into the season, and you have you say, okay, go figure it out. And by the I, way, I guess, by I guess the way, my, we have to win every game here on out to much. basically make the playoffs. I guess my worry comes down to, wouldn't the new OC coming in, who doesn't really get a ton of time to implement his system? It's essentially we're going to work around the system we already have. Right? Wouldn't you think he would go to his All Pro wide receiver and All Pro quarterback and go, you two are going to be main fixtures here, plus we're going to add in the run game, and instead yeah. it has become. We're going to run the hell out of the ball. We're going to throw when we need to. And I think it has caused the flow of the passing game to really turn a 180. Mm-hmm. And it was already struggling this year. I think a lot of that comes down to the talent surrounding Diggs and Allen. is not as good as I would have hoped. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be. But, I mean, Diggs effectively has been phased out of this offense. He's he's essentially Josh a non-factor. Well, the and o- how does that happen? The other thing that I think has always been a factor and always been a problem is Diggs is so good that he's going to be double teamed. He's going to be covered by the best cornerbacks, by the best players available and that's, on and that, that defense. Is, and that is something the Bills have said. Josh and McDermott and, and, and Brady all have kind of been like, well, you know, I mean, he's going to, you know, this is allowing other guys to get open, blah, 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 blah. Then I would assume the passing game would look better. Right. It hasn't. And now, then along it, with that, though, the Chiefs defense even went, we didn't, we didn't double Diggs. Right. That's true. So that's that's where I'm like, uh, is that just the safe answer because you know people will believe it? Is that what that is? Yeah, but 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 like you look at like past years and the whole concept of well, if Diggs is covered, someone else is open. Mm-hmm. That applied there because you had Beasley, you had Sanders, you had Brown, you had Gabe Davis, Gabe who Davis looked more, good in, in his better position, right. which was the third receiver. And now you you can say the same thing, but it doesn't work when you don't pay attention to those other players. Like when you don't bring in other players to cover for Diggs, or not cover for Diggs, but to, hey, Diggs is covered. Let's go to 
Dalton Kincaid. Let's go to Deontay Hardy. Let's go to Trent Sherfield. When I look at this Bills offense mm-hmm. and I look at the thing they the people they've had in the past compared to what they have now, it's bad. It's it's worse. It's bad. Like it's, it's bad. It, it, obviously, it's not as bad as you know when Allen first gets here and everything because you have Diggs, you have Kincaid, you have even Knox, mm-hmm. but you you took a team in 2021 that had a great wide receiver room. Granted, Beasley and Brown and all those like a couple of the guys were getting pretty old. Sanders, you know, the next year was he was an older player. But they were they performed well. They did what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. I think you, a lot of this, though, I mean, this is why a lot of people at the station, a lot of fans throughout the last few years have been clamoring, like, you can't let the cupboard get empty. Right. And they kind of have. They yeah. went discount shopping for Tramp Sherfield and Deontay Hardy. And don't get me wrong, I'm somebody that fully bought into their talents. Me Absolutely too. did. Yeah. Sherfield was somebody that when he left Miami, you had Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill being actively pissed off. He was leaving (laughs) because they loved how much he offered. Deontay Hardy, when he was on the Saints, was very, very good. So there was kind of this feeling of like, hey, maybe they struck gold here. But then, like, you know, their last receiver they've taken in the first two rounds was not by either of these two. It was Zay Jones. Yeah. Who's on, like, his third different team. Where else did he play? Buffalo, Jacksonville, and then I think there's somebody in the middle there. Yeah, Vegas. Yep. Wasn't he in Baltimore too for a second? Maybe, but so regardless, but like you're getting a guy that's like a you know fine receiver in the league, but not much there. And so like that's my thing with with, with everything that's been growing. And I, I know I if he's listening, Brandon Bean would say, "Well, Stephon Diggs was our first round pick, you know, because we traded a first round pick to get him, which is fine and dandy." But then I'm going to argue, so you drafted a 26 year old with the first round pick, and you didn't get the, you know, the rookie salary. That's Brilliant GMing. And I was all for the trade. Who is now right. the best wide receiver in the NFL, probably? Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Which, look, <laughs> the Bills and Vikings were in different stages of, of their NFL well, yeah. life. And, and the, the Bills had just gone into a playoff game in Houston where Duke Williams got double-digit targets. They were like, no, 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 we need someone now. But that's, now, if, but they, where, if they knew where, Justin Jefferson was going to be the now guy, they would have taken him. But that was not where they were. And Diggs was available. And I'm all for that trade. I love it. But where's that urgency now? Like, there, there like you had be. you had that urgency against Houston, which well warranted. You, correct, yes. you made the right decision. But but where's the urgency now? Where like yeah, you 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 can't just say well we did that. That was I think a lot that of it was comes five years to, ago now. Yeah, I think a lot of it like, comes down to their cap. Their they don't have a ton of cap room, right? And as well, they've had other needs that I do think are important. You do need to help out on the offensive line. Dalton Kincaid. I think a lot of that came down to they took him because all of the other wide receivers available in the first round were gone. I don't know what they would have done if Zay Flowers was available at that pick. I think there's a good chance they take Zay Flowers. Right. Yeah, I mean, that that was who I wanted. Because they were ultimately pretty open about Kincaid was not just going to be a tight end. He was a pass catcher. So, you know, there was a likely chance they were going to do that. Well, I mean, you look at the next available wide receiver, and it was Jonathan Mingo. Who... I mean, come on. Mm. I liked I liked Mingo coming out of Ole Miss, but he hasn't done much for Carolina. Well, this year. he's also in Carolina. Yeah. So, but <laughs> so I I look at this, and this is why. Like I I always ha- I'm, and a lot of people know me that listen to 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 me here on the station. I've always got an eye on April. I've always got one eye on the draft. And I just, Josh, I, I look at this wide receiver class. A lot of us are going to be saying like Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, and Roma Dunzo. Like you got to trade up for him. You don't. It's so talented with this class. 
Mm-hmm. It is so deep. It is so ridiculously talented. Just go to the Sugar Bowl. Roman Duns is one of them, sure. But then you got Jalen Polk as the number two who's likely going to be available end of round one. He ain't going to be available late round two. This this and, draft to me screams 2015 NHL draft, where you have first-round talents going in the second or third round. Yeah, absolutely. Like This is where you can get a guy like Jalen Polk, who in – in last year's draft, where would've does Jalen Polk go? Would have top ten? Yeah, would have probably been a, maybe not top ten, but a first round pick easily. Well, yeah, he's walking but his this first year, round pick. I'm saying this year's mm-hmm. Jalen Polk. I think maybe top twenty. Yeah, he's he's walking like, in the first round. Yeah, no, no, no problem. Not even like oh, he might drop to the second. No, I mean he's I a mean, lock for the first round. The top year. three all would have been the number one receiver in last year's draft. Right, every single one of them. Yeah, I mean, the, who was the number one receiver last year? Was it? Uh, let's see. I mean, I was a big Jordan Addison fan. Yeah. Is that Zay Flowers? The first one that no, went. No, Flowers was one of the last guys that went oh. in the first round. The first one that went last year was Jackson Smith and Jigba. Oh, to Seattle. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Wow. That was a long run of oh, male wide receivers. I am now now vividly remembering that. Oh, man. I'm like Maybe the top four or five all are probably the ones. Adonai Mitchell might even be the one Xavier last year. Worthy. Xavier Worthy. Really could have had an argument, especially with his speed. I mean, if he's going to be at the combine. He might run in the four twos. There's a real argument. He's probably going to be the one in last year's class. And last year's class wasn't even bad. Jordan Addison has immediately hit the ground running. So is Zay Flowers. It's so funny looking at this because it went no wide receivers until twenty, and then you had JSN, Quentin Johnston, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison. Boom, 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 boom. Like and and two of those guys, two of those guys have immediately hit. Jackson Smith and Jigba has been pretty darn good. Quentin he's Johnson, been, not very good. Well, yeah. <laughs> but so you have a run there, and now this year's class is even deeper, mm-hmm. where you're going to have way more options, and th- they need to, they need to, because there is also an argument, and I don't agree with it. I, I said it at the start of the segment, but I think it is an argument that could be had. Has Stefan Diggs lost a step? I don't think so. But when you look at the numbers, and maybe the fact that he's not getting open again, I said it yesterday. I don't have the all twenty-two. I don't know, and I haven't really seen anybody bring up the fact that he's not getting open. So I'm I'm going to say that he is, and they're not going to him. But that is an argument. And if it is, then, oh my gosh, Josh, you need to. Or you're going to just end up like the Chiefs. Where, sure, you're probably still a playoff team because Josh Allen is your quarterback. Like the Chiefs are probably still a playoff team because Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback. But the moment Travis Kelsey has lost a step, and he has... He was dealing with injuries this year. You saw it right away at the start of the year, and his numbers have not been the Travis Kelsey numbers we're used to. The moment he stopped being as effective and the more emphasis got put on that wide receiver room, it all became pretty obvious how bad they are. Maybe Rasheed Rice is good, right? I think I think we're at a point maybe Rasheed Rice is good. Yeah. I Everyone so. else, uh, not good. And <laughs> Sky Moore even, a guy that I really liked out of 2021, can't get on the field. Which is if mind-boggling. But if you're the Bills now... I mean, that's the thing. Like, If you go into next year and Stephon Diggs has lost a step, you are just the Kansas City Chiefs of this year. You're winning nine, hopefully ten games, and your offense is pissing you off the entire year. And then as a Bills fan, that's two and a half years where the offense has not looked right. And where where the management hasn't taken the step to yeah. fix it. Yeah. Because your defense, I mean, yeah, they've been keeping, like as you said before, keep the cupboards stocked. They've been doing that very well on the defense. I mean, sure, some of the safeties are starting to get older. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are probably coming to the end of their careers. 
But but I mean you've that added, defense you've, has been number one, like top five for the past five years because of the Terrell f- Bernard just yeah. I mean coming in and seemingly being a better version of Tremaine Edmonds. Right. Because because of the way that they drafted, that offense has been top five for a reason. By the way. But Bobby you, Bobby Babbage, real quick. Yes. Um if McDermott does decide at the end of this year, I don't want to be defense coordinator, it should be Bobby Babbage. Mm-hmm. What he has done with first the safety room and then the linebacker room. Yeah. I, you want to talk about an assistant coach who does not get the love he deserves? That man has been instrumental into turning this defense into just consistently one of the best units in football. Mm-hmm. But it's it's getting to the point though where where your your defense is going to be fine. You have the players that you have. Like I said, you're probably going to need new safeties, but your secondary is okay. You traded for Rasul Douglas. He's signed for a while. He's really good. Like really good. Yeah, he's been great. Um, Ed four, Oliver four interceptions and seven starts so far with the with the Bills. Ed Oliver is fine. All that big contract tackle. has been great. Greg Rousseau is looking good. Leonard Floyd, you got to try to bring him back, but <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. AJ Epinesa, the same thing, but we'll we'll see. Even Linval Joseph, like yeah, they, you bring some guy off the couch and he's fantastic. I, I guess that's <laughs> that's been maybe the most frustrating part for me, Josh. And as much as I give Brandon Bean a lot of, a lot of credit, especially his late round drafting and really the the these moves he does, these these little just I, I, you know, it's going to be a little duct tape here on the Bills, yeah. but it's it's more like flex tape. It really <laughs> works because he Brandon brings, Bean is just Phil Swift. Because he brings in a guy like <laughs> Rasul Douglas and you're sitting there going like, all right, Green Bay fans seem to be pissed that he's gone. I like I hope yeah. this works. And if anything, he's been your cornerback one. Linval Joseph has been able to fill that interior defensive tackle spot until Daquan Jones got back beautifully to allow Ed Oliver to still flourish. Yeah. And to keep that going. And he's done it in years prior as well of bringing in guys like John Brown and Cole Beasley early on where it's just like he allowed them to kind of turn into the you know Pro Bowl All Pro type players they turn into with Josh Allen, I think though we've got to go back to to the draft and get young again. They've got and, I, and I'm going to bring this up a lot in the next few months, so I do apologize if you're going to start hearing this a lot. They're going to have ten draft picks in this draft. Yeah, this is where you rebuild on the run. You've got ten picks. You're so so good at late round drafting. But you've also got to be good at getting the blue chip guys, the guys in round one and two who can come in even on a Super Bowl caliber team, and they're in the starting lineup. Yeah, you've that's got, what... you've got to start hitting those guys, and it it looks like you've started to in this last year with Osiris Torrance being your starting right guard, Josh from the word go, and <laughs> right, then Dalton Kincaid right. also. When Dawson Knox went down, boom, he was he he flourished. Well, and that's why I've been so on board with you know drafting two wide receivers in the first two rounds. And then, okay, take take your time, look at your defense, see what you need. And in reality, what you need is the secondary. Your line is great. If you can bring back Leonard Floyd, it's even better. Your linebackers are great. Mm-hmm. When Matt Milano comes back, you have Terrell Bernard and Matt Milano and then Dorian Williams just kind of hanging out there. And yeah. but then you look at you look at the secondary. What's Trey White gonna be like when he comes back? You don't really know. He's gonna be on his second mm-hmm. major injury. Russell Douglas is is awesome. That's perfect. Taken care of. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. That's yeah, that's you're, your you're biggest... looking more I think safety is going to end up being a big need in the in this offseason where maybe your second round pick yeah is is likely to be but safety I... or if just the best safety is available at the end of round 1, I will understand that. I will understand yeah, that if you go I back guess. to the well in round 2. You've got to then go on offense on round 2. No, no actually going to no, be I, 
a part of this offense, a part of this defense long term? I, I just I don't know. I don't know. In the role he's in now, yes. He's never sure. I don't, I don't think he's gonna get above that. But in yeah, I this I is think, the I highest. Think, I, think I think their hope was that he was gonna be the safety of the future, and I just don't know. Hmm. Maybe another year in the defense system and it changes, but for right now and but, again, we had the same conversation with linebacker though, and then all of a sudden Terrell Bernard was like, uh-huh. I'm better than the guy that left. So I don't, you know, I and, don't know. And you know what, like what you just said there about the safety thing, it kind of depends on where they are in the first round. It absolutely. Like does. if you're, if you're winning the Super Bowl, which we all would love to, but it, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's always going to be the thing is it, where does the draft board fall? Right. But if, if it's, you know, where they were last year, what, what, what was it? Like 20, they were, they were in the mid, mid to late twenties. Yeah. yeah. 26, somewhere around there. If that's the case, draft a wide receiver. Anything lower than that, I'm okay with maybe like looking at defense. But it also depends on who falls because there are going to be wide receivers that fall, especially with how, how deep they are this class. Well, Not the, everyone the, ahead yeah, of the Bills needs a wide receiver. There's going to be teams that are like, I need an edge rusher. I need an offensive lineman. Yep. I need a quarterback. The Bears. I need two offensive linemen if I'm the Bears. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. The Bills last year picked a 25, and they did trade back. So... You know, or sorry, they did trade up. They were at twenty seven. They traded up to twenty five. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, you know, but my my point being though is, it's got to be wide receiver or bust first round. Mm -hmm. Like in nine times out of ten, the one time being, okay, you made it to the Super Bowl or you've made it to the AFC Championship, and your pick isn't good enough to get you to a wide receiver. So let's pick the next plus next best player available. Yep. And, and, a lot of, and a lot of this is coming down to, like, I, again, I don't want to be the one that says it, and I don't think it is. But if you go into next year and he did, in fact, lose a step, Stephon Diggs, and you, again, did not spend real resources on wide receiver, you are asking for huge problems. Look at your biggest rival in the AFC yeah. with the Chiefs. And then you look over at your biggest rival in the division, in the in, in the Miami Dolphins. For as much as they're kind of just high-flying and they kind of lose to bad teams, as long as they give two a time, he's able to get it to wide receivers because they've spent big money on wide receivers. Even look at the Jets Yep, with Garrett Wilson. Yep. Let's take a quick time out here. Still taking calls, 803-0550. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt filling in here on the Extra Point Show. You're listening to WGR. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. He's been fantastic. He's been a true professional about it. Obviously, times where he wants the ball, and deservedly so. You know, he's one of the best, if not the best, receivers in the game, and he gets a lot of attention from defenses. So sometimes it's just how it plays out, but I got to be, be better in that aspect, too. 
Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen there talking about Stephon Diggs. It is going to be a talking point, really, until they figure it out. I mean, like, that's – we saw in the offseason, until it's, like, definitively figured it out, it's going to be a talking point, I, I, and I think rightfully so. I am not somebody that's going to shy away from it. I don't really think it is warranted to shy away from it. It is something they do desperately need to figure out because until they do, their offense is, is always going to be, I think, operating at less than 100%, even with the emergence of the run game, with James Cook, of course, and Ty Johnson. It's it's not going to be what it should be. And maybe, though, this year in the AFC, that's what it's going to be. I mean, realistically, Josh, right? I mean, maybe this year in the AFC, Diggs not being the Stephon Diggs of years past mm. is just kind of par for the course right. with, I mean, with, you with have this look, AFC this year. Yeah, you look at the rest of the teams, and like nobody's having like a pop year. Even, even the teams that are having explosive years for wide receivers, Miami, they're a paper tiger, right? I mean, right. That's, that's kind of where we're at with them. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Josh Allen and like you know great offensive games, the one day that the offense was you know clicking was the Dallas game, mm-hmm. and the Pro Football Hall of Fame tweeted out a, a couple hours ago that the jersey that Allen wore during that game is now in the Hall of Fame. Wait, the Dallas he, game? Yeah, because in Week 15 he set the NFL record for most games in a season with a, both a passing and rushing touchdown. That is right, he did do that. So it's on display. It's it's very uh, blue and beautiful, and it's you know in a jersey case. And if you look at my phone, you could see what I'm showing you, Zach. But whatever. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Um, it's it's pretty cool looking. I uh, I think it's that I is going to be that is going to be my favorite thing. From I think that it's game. also funny that in the background of this picture, there's Mahomes, like a Mahomes jersey, game ball, and cleats and gloves. Oh, that's funny. I don't know what the, from it, the 13 seconds game probably. No, it's got like. Just kidding. <laughs> it would be funny, but I think it's got like pictures. From like a, a game they played against the Saints, unless that's like multiple different things in the same box. Oh, it might be. Yeah, no, it might be. I like just, I, I find that hysterical. That no, because the there's game a... where Allen says I was super happy to basically just be the one guy in a group project who did nothing but got an A. <laughs> He's in his the jersey thing. will go to the Hall of Fame <laughs> because of a record he did in that right. break. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I but yeah, yeah, just with the offense, I just I always think they're going to be kind of operating at a a not optimal level. And you're even kind of seeing it with some of the picks Allen has thrown this year of just, he's looked confused. The one to Kincaid this last week, he didn't even see the safety there. And it's, it has caused some problems for the team. And, and, and look, I don't care too much for interceptions, but we are starting to get to a point where like, if Allen throws two this week, like it's too many, it's far too many. It's not like he has 35 passing touchdowns. Yes. He has a ton of rushing touchdowns, but we're also getting to the territory that he's doing it. Kind of like how Hertz does it, where like, it's just from the one yard in, just give it to, the six foot six quarterback and just let him do it. Now, do want to talk a little bit about the Buffalo Sabres here. They are playing tonight in Montreal, seven o'clock puck drop, six PM pregame right here on WGR. Hockey's back. And that's <laughs> so positive for hey like six right. people. Here's my mindset and my lifestyle that I'm gonna bestow upon you. You you in particular, but also anyone listening out there that finds it hard to to get up and get excited for these Sabres games while watching their young players perform at the World Junior Championship. First of all, our own Paul Hamilton tweeted a few minutes ago, Levi will start tonight. Okay. So he's going to start his first ever game in Montreal. He's from Montreal. And it's right. So yes. that's, that's, that's exciting. exciting. Good for him. Um, pretty sure we'll get a, a few shots of you know Levi with his family tonight and things like that. That'll be fun. So that'll be exciting. But here's, here's the lifestyle. As I said yesterday, I'm Captain Optimism on Twitter for a reason. We have seen... Zach Benson come into this team and be absolutely insane at 18 years old. He didn't even play in the World Juniors this year because 
the Sabres were like, no, you can't leave. Mm-hmm. Please don't leave. It's going to happen again. There are players that it's that it's happened in the past where, like, Rasmus Dahlin played in the World Juniors the year after the Sabres drafted him and was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, he looked great. Levi, last year, I think, or maybe no, a couple years ago. I was going to say, he didn't play much in one of Canada's tournaments, and that was kind of frustrating. That, that wasn't the World Juniors, though. That wasn't the World Juniors, That's right. Though. That's but, right. But it's... These things will happen, and these players will make it. Like, it's mm-hmm. not... Like, Rose, Isaac Rosine had this last year, where he was great. And sure, he's still in Rochester, but he played a couple games this year. Just can we trade somebody? What? They're all, they're but, all not going to be here, it, and they need NHL-ready defensemen who don't get confused on a defensive assignment to leave a wide-open two-on-one, where yeah. the goaltender just sits there and goes, uh-huh, I'm going to make peace with God now, because <laughs> that's going to be a goal. Well, like, like th- this is my thing. And then they're not even scoring like they were. It took, what, 35 games for Granado to go, hey... Maybe we should just start playing like we were last year, where we were running teams out of out of the arenas because we just were a bat out of hell at times. I mean, the amount of times, Josh, we've talked about this on and off the air, just like they show up to arenas, home or away, a lot of times at home, down to nothing. Yeah, I mean, the moment the game starts. But here's the thing: I, it's it's something that's like, I I know we're sitting here in almost year twelve of or year thirteen. I've lost track. What are we at? Playoff I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at a point we're, now. We're, we're over a decade into this playoff drought. I, I think it's 12. Yeah. 12? Okay. I'm, I'm at a point 2011 now was this. the last year, so we're going on 13. Yeah. I'm at Sweet. a point now. It's it's more <laughs> natural for me to watch the Sabres be atrocious than even slightly competitive. Well, It's far more natural here, for me. Here's my point is, I, I know we're sitting here in year 12 or 13 or whatever saying this, but it's, it's, it's got to stop sometime. Like there's got to be a breaking point. There's got to be a point where everything just falls into place, you know. And 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 for anyone it's almost else, definitely not this year. There are what four and a half percent chance to make the playoffs. Four point three. Oh boy, <laughs> even worse than four and a half. And and look, I'm not saying this as you know, hey, they're going to make the playoffs this year because I don't think they will. But this next stretch of games is the time to come alive. Like this is the point of the season of like, okay, if you're going to do something, you do it right now. Because you've got a six-game home stretch here coming up, right? In middle in the middle of January, where you've got Seattle, Ottawa, Vancouver, San Jose, Chicago, and Tampa all coming to Buffalo. That's right in a row. That's six yep. games in a row. There's there is no reason to come out flat in games like that, especially when you have a home stand like this. Like it it should be much easier to come out and be ready to go at puck drop over the next, you know. After the should first, be. after these two road games, obviously, but it should be. But and then you head out west, which you've statistically done really good on West Coast road trips the past couple of years. You've been very good on West Coast road trips. And then we're already in February, so th- like I said, if they're going to do something, this next stretch of games over the next month and a half is the time to do it. And again, I'm not trying to be that guy of blind optimism saying mm-hmm. they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to do this, they're going to. They do are that. actually going to go on a 10 game win streak, and everything's fine, right? However. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past them to do something crazy where they do go on a good run where it's they string finally more than two games together. I just like, and, like that that to me though Josh is 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 the problem I'm having. You're such a young fun team and yet it seems literally impossible for a young team who should have fresher legs than teams like Washington, like Pittsburgh, like the Rangers to get up two games in a row. Mm-hmm. 
to put in two very quality performances in a row. I mean, how many times have we had it where, boom, they get a great win. Here, I'll just, I randomly pull up the schedule. December 11th against Arizona. They win a home game, 5-2, to two, all over Arizona. And they go to Colorado, they lose 5-1. Never really in the contest. They're just not. They beat Vegas 5-2. to two. There we go. That's a great team. And you immediately lose to Arizona 2-0, and you get clobbered by Columbus 9-4. And then you beat Toronto nine to three. Then you beat Toronto <laughs> nine to three. Yeah, right. But but here's here's the other thing. And Don Granado said this yesterday with uh, Sal and Joe. They've been so hurt. They've been so injured. They have. Like it. It's not even funny. Tage Thompson leaves a game because I think it was Charlie Coyle or Charlie McAvoy basically steps on his skate. Yeah, he has a lower body injury. He he he's, he's able to he's come back. Bleeding. Yep. And he goes into the locker room, gets patched up, comes back out, takes a shot off the hand five seconds into his first shift, and then he goes back off and he's out for and like a broke his wrist. Yeah, so it's it's this you have constant that. cycle. Of course, Jack Quinn didn't start the year, right. and I think that caused and, a lot of problems for their second line. And Jack Quinn, since coming back, has been awesome. Well, I, I you know, <laughs> and, and 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 look, and and it's I, that's why I don't want to get totally negative because you're right. Like I mean, most people had the JJ Paterka breakout attributed to Jack Quinn. Right. They thought he was going to be the guy that's like, he's going to be 35-plus goal scorer right now. And instead it's kind of become Paterka where it's like, no, no, he's kind of the freak. But you're right. Since Quinn has come in, he's been very, very good. Yeah. I mean, I think he's played maybe 10 games at this point. It hasn't been a lot. It, it has not been a lot. But but it's it was awesome to see Paterka do that at the beginning when Quinn wasn't here. But now it's like, okay, where did he go? But like it's it's it's... It's all about like these guys like picking each other up in different spots. And the part of the problem is when they're hurt is you don't have Tage Thompson picking up that first line when Skinner and Tucker are having an off night. You don't have Skinner picking up that line when Thompson and Tucker are having an off yeah. night. It's it you couldn't get everyone together to have this like chemistry and just this flow. And again, now that they're all healthy, how long is it going to take to see that? I don't know, but I I think that you will see it relatively quickly yeah at just, least somewhat of a turnaround I'm also having, quinn's played six games has three okay. goals so i like my problem is and again I, I have the schedule open up here something happened that caused issues we know through october there were four and five and at eight points not mm-hmm. great they had yeah. they, you know they had dragged one game to overtime and not looking great but at the end of october they get a four nothing win over colorado then the one time they've won games back to back they beat Philadelphia in Philadelphia five to two. Then, of course, we do know that two days later they lose to Philadelphia five to one in in Buffalo because in you know, the black and reds. Of course, they do. But even with that being said, they then beat Toronto and Buffalo six four. They drag a point out against Carolina and they lose that game three to two in overtime. And then they beat Minnesota three to two. That beginning of November, end of October feels good, and then they lost four straight. Are we just getting Three. reverse voodoo with the black and reds? Last pretty year much, they yeah. were pretty much that. Last year they were just incredible, were scoring six goals, winning almost every game. Now yeah. it seems like it can barely muster out a win. Yeah, they were untouchable in those jerseys, but they, lo- they lose three straight there. Four, four nothing Pittsburgh, five to two to Boston. The four in a row. Two. The four in a row is in the beginning of December. Yep, and then yeah, then you get the four in a row. Well, and and really it was you know. Five out of six. You lost seven to two to New Jersey. You beat the Rangers five one. Then you lose six four to St. Louis. You mm-hmm. lose two to six or six to two, excuse me, to Carolina, two to one in Nashville, five to three to Detroit. They they've they've been pretty comfortable losing games in a row. Right. Yeah. And that's the that's the thing though. Like aside from those two the 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 seven games there where it was like those 
three and the three and the four mm-hmm. in the streaks, they're a five hundred hockey team. Yep. That's the that's the other frustrating part is it was win loss win loss win loss for quite it, a while there and and like that's where like I get it like I, I again I'm not sitting here going oh well, oh they're gonna be fine it's it's everything's gonna be great we're gonna figure it out like look at the prospects yes look at the prospects because they're doing awesome Noah Ostland had two points again today yeah it finally feels like the Sabers actually know how to draft and develop that's exciting which the I guess the point is is I know it's bleak right now but. There's, and I know we've been saying this for ten years, but there's still hope. Like there's still guys coming up. There's still ch- a chance for mm-hmm. these guys to somewhat turn it around this year, and show you that last year wasn't a fluke. And again, I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but maybe they'll get close like they did last year, and it'll be f- at least fun hockey. But if everyone can stay healthy, that's where I'm at at this point. If everyone can stay healthy, then you have the chance to at least make something of it. You do now. If they stay healthy and they don't make anything of it, then it's then it's time time to start looking and making hard decisions. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what those hard decisions are, and if it gets to that, I'm glad I'm not in Kevin Adams' shoes because that's going to be it's going to be tough. Oh yeah, oh, I yeah. I don't know what direction they would go with there, but I, again, I'm not trying to be the the blind blind hope blindly whatever. following. Yep. Yeah, but I'm still. You're far more optimistic than I am. Yeah, and I'm well, but I'm at the point of okay, this is your like this is your moment. Mm-hmm. Go out there and take it because it's Granado's third year. Yep, four, third full year. Yeah, and, so, and, and they've got to, and they've got to make something of it, or he's going to get fired here soon. That's the other thing is that's difficult is you have all this constant changes of coaches and things. You can't just sit there and say, well, it's Granado's fault. No, he's been here for three years. Like yeah. you have to give him time. All right, we're going to take a quick time out here. Coming up at. 12, we've got Sabres Live, Sabres at 7 o'clock pregame at 6, going up against Montreal. You're listening to the Extra Point Show right here on WGR. Quick final segment here as we get you ready for Sabres Live coming up at 12. Brian Duff, Marty Baran following us. Josh, you had a fun little uh, stand yes. for tonight. If you are into betting and you want to bet you know, Jeff Skinner tonight, please do. Because he's recorded 25 points in 15 games against Montreal. Oh wow! As a Buffalo Saber, that's not even just that's not, not even his career. career. Just as a Buffalo, so Sabre. 14 goals, 11 assists in 15 games, including two five-point performances and four multi-goal games. That comes from Sabers PR. They put out those little factoids. For I do like game. those. I, I like they're those. They're fun. It gives you a little hope. Gives, it gets you a little excited. A little bit of hope. Imagine Jeff Skinner goes out and scores a hat trick tonight. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. Have we had a hat trick yet this year? I don't think we have. I mean, Tage Thompson, I know, has not had one this year. No, he hasn't. I don't think that. I don't think they've had one. They they've came had close one. a couple times. I think there's no. Yeah, Robinson had two goals, and we all thought, oh wow, the new guy's <laughs> going to score a hat trick. His first NHL right. hat trick in his first Sabres game. That's right. But yeah, it's it especially scoring. It's been a very very difficult year for the Sabres. That's going to do it for me and Josh. Again, coming up next, Sabres live. Brian Duff, Marty Brown to get you ready for tonight's matchup against the Montreal Canadiens pregame at six for a seven o'clock puck drop. Both going to be right here on. WGR. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.